This is Footy Time, and I'm Daniel Andrews. So today we've got a great game to look at. This time, the 2016 Grand Final between the Western Bulldogs and the Sydney Swans. This is the second podcast looking back at some of the great Grand Finals of the past decade. Actual footy is probably still a fair way away. Hopefully, by looking back at some of these past Grand Finals, you can feed that footy hunger just a little bit. You'll also get the chance to put your footy knowledge to the test with another round of footy time trivia. And what will be the 2016 Grand Finals frozen in time moment? So let's have a look at how each team got there. We'll start first with the Western Bulldogs. It's pretty remarkable that they actually got through to the Grand Final. But what about the Bulldogs' game style? Well, one of the things that stood out most was the way they used their handball to get out of tough spots. They'd often fire off three or four handballs in quick succession, getting someone out into space. This was extremely skillful and made a world of difference being able to get a player into space where they could actually use the ball well. They are also prepared to get the ball forward anywhere they could and then just scrap to try and keep it in their area. They really did have a bit of a makeshift forward line. It was mostly made up of small players like Liam Picken and Tory Dixon, among others. Looking back at the latter of 2016, there was just two wins separating the Bulldogs in seventh spot and the top of the ladder, Swans. Obviously a bit of percentage too. Finishing seventh meant that the Bulldogs had to fly over to WA to face the West Coast Eagles in an elimination final. Thankfully for the Bulldogs, they had a week off after getting absolutely smashed in round 23. This meant they were actually primed for this first match and they ended up running over the Eagles and getting into the second week of the finals to face off with Hawthorne, who lost a tight qualifying final against Geelong. It was actually a great game against Hawthorne, but eventually the Bulldogs' young legs told and they ran all over the top of Hawthorne to win by 23 points. They were through to their first preliminary final in quite a while. So this set up a classic preliminary final matchup between the Greater Western Sydney Giants and the Bulldogs, of course played up in Sydney. It was a tight fought game all night, highly skilled and many lead changes, and it came right down to the last few minutes. Thankfully for the Bulldogs, Jack McRae marked and was able to slot through the winner and put the Bulldogs through to their first grand final since 1961. But what about their opponent, Sydney? Sydney actually finished the home and away season on top of the ladder. But as we all know, finishing on top of the ladder guarantees nothing in the finals. Sydney at this time had a well-balanced team with a tough midfield, a forward line that was a little Franklin-centric, but he had, was having a very good year and a very reliable defence. So they didn't have too many glaring weaknesses. However, they did end up losing their qualifying final to the Giants by about 30 points which meant they had to go the hard way to get through to the grand final. Sydney maintained their reputation as fast starters by putting seven goals on the board in the first quarter against the Crows in the semi-final. It proved too much for the Crows to overcome. Eventually, Sydney got the better of them by 36 points here. Geelong, having beaten Hawthorne in the first week of the finals, had earned the right to host the prelim at the MCG. So Sydney would have to go through a tough date at the MCG if they wanted to get through to the grand final. Sydney again got the fast start, this time seven goals to nil against Geelong, and the game was all but over. So Sydney were through to another grand final. Would they be able to cap their great year with another premiership? Could they finally justify signing Lance Franklin to a 10-year deal worth a crazy amount of money? 
So let's kick it off with the first quarter of the 2016 Grand Final. Right from the start, it was obvious that this game was going to be highly contested. Players were throwing themselves all over the place, and there were masses of players around the ball. When the ball eventually did squirt out, the player trying to get rid of the ball was under immense pressure. The sign of Lance Franklin limping towards the bench would have pained many Sydney supporters. He had been their leading goal kicker all year. Whatever they did on the bench did seem to work though. They got him strapped up and perhaps a quick injection and he was back out on the ground. Although he didn't look to have his explosive pace anymore, which could prove problematic for Sydney. Sydney had the better of the play early, with one of the co-captains, Jack, having an early shot, which he was unable to convert. He was able to set up Parker a short time later. And from 50, Parker leant back and nailed the goal for the first of the game. The Bulldogs were actually struggling to get much going. And deep into the first quarter, they still didn't have a goal. It was actually very difficult for either team to generate any clean play. Both defences were on top, and the pressure around the ball was immense. In one of the few inside 50s that the Bulldogs did have, Sydney were just about to transition it out when a young Callum Mills received the ball and was quickly mown down by Zane Cordy, being rewarded with holding the ball. It was a tough shot right from the boundary on the far left. The shot for goal drifted from left to right perfectly to split the middle, and the Bulldogs had their first. And it was actually the Bulldogs who had two goals straight to take a narrow lead into quarter time. Early in the second quarter, it was the Bulldogs that looked the better team. Bontempelli sidestep set up Tom Boyd in the pocket and wheeling around on the left boot, he was able to snatch early. Once the ball hit the ground inside the Bulldogs 50, they were looking increasingly dangerous, particularly Tory Dixon and Liam Picken. This makeshift forward line was able to put a few goals on in this time to put Sydney on the back foot. Sydney did respond though, largely through Josh Kennedy, a midfield bull who was getting clearance after clearance. Not only that, he was actually able to muscle through a goal from about 50, with a bit of a hack kick, but they all count for six points, don't they? A short time later, he snapped another to bring Sydney back into the game. The Bulldogs were able to steady before half-time, though, with Tom Boyd kicking another goal after one of the few nice back-half transitions all the way down to the forward line. The Bulldogs had got Tom Boyd across from GWS a few years earlier, on a massive pay packet. It now seemed like he was finally starting to show his worth. So at halftime, the margin was just two points, the way of Sydney. It was actually remarkably accurate kicking, with both teams kicking seven goals and a combined four points kicked in total. It's time now for some footy time trivia. So let's see how many of these questions you can get right. In the year 2000, the AFL actually changed their final system to what we have today. Alright, so the question itself is, since the year 2000, how many teams have made the grand final having finished outside the top four? And for a bonus point, who were these teams and in what years did it occur? So the number of teams finishing outside the top four who've made it all the way through to the grand final, was it A, 0, B, 1, C2 or D3. A little bit of time to think about this one. So it was in fact C2. 
So a little bit of a hint in today's podcast because I did say that the Bulldogs finished seventh in 2016 and of course they're in the grand final that we're talking about. So that's one. The other one actually came last year in 2019, the Giants finishing fifth and managing to get through to their first ever grand final. Footy time trivia question number two. Prior to the 2016 grand final, the Western Bulldogs had only won a single grand final in their history. That was in 1954. So in 1954, who was the Bulldogs' opponent and what was the margin that they won by? Was it A, Collingwood, with a winning margin of 10 points? B, Melbourne, with a winning margin of 51 points? Or C, Essendon, with a winning margin of 17 points? So the correct answer here is actually B, Melbourne, 51 points. And it was actually a dominant six-goal to one first quarter that set the game up for the Bulldogs. And it never really seemed like it was in any doubt after that. Footy time trivia question number three. So out of the 18 final series that have been played between 2000 and 2016, how many times did the Sydney Swans make the finals? So we all know that the Sydney Swans have made a lot of final series, but how many have they actually made in this golden period for them? Was it... A, 8, B, 12, C, 15, or D, 17? So the answer to this one is actually C, 15. Can you believe that? Sydney making 15 final series between 2000 and 2016. Imagine if your team did that. I guess at some point you kind of just start to expect it though, wouldn't you? And then if they did miss, you'd be completely devastated. And as well as that, if your team's making the finals that often, you'd be expecting them to actually win some grand finals. Thankfully for Sydney, they did win some grand finals along the way. Okay, so for our final footy time trivia question of today's episode, we're going back in time a little bit to when Sydney was actually South Melbourne. So the question we have here is, what year did South Melbourne relocate to Melbourne to become the Sydney Swans? Was it A, 1982? B, 1987, C, 1990, or D, 1991? Have a think about that one. So the answer here was A, 1982. So as we know, the VFL didn't actually become the AFL until 1990, but eight years earlier, the Sydney Swans were already playing in this competition. Brisbane would also actually join the competition before it became the AFL, which is kind of interesting in its own way to have all these teams playing in the VFL that were actually located in other states. So to begin the third quarter, the Bulldogs were leading by a couple of points and that margin extended a little further as well with Dixon snapping another goal, crumbing expertly inside 50. Truth be told, it was a little bit of a stalemate early in the third quarter. Neither team was able to penetrate or put much score on the board during this time. The ball was pinging from one end to another, but both defences were on top. Thankfully, Lance Franklin was starting to regain a little bit of his movement, though he still looked restricted. His field kicking was a thing of beauty at this time. Franklin spotted up Josh Kennedy going back inside 50, 
But coming the other way, his Bulldogs opponent cannoned into him. And from the resulting 15-metre penalty, Kennedy gold from the goal line. In a worrying sign for Sydney, all their goals were coming from midfielders. Kennedy, Parker and Tom Mitchell. None of their starting forwards had even kicked a goal for half-time. A short time later, it was the Bulldogs who got a soft free kick, leading to the fifth lead change of the game. This truly was a topsy-turvy game, where each team was having their own moments to shine. It looked increasingly like the Bulldogs were able to find more space than their Sydney opponents. Although they didn't have a lot to show for it on the scoreboard, it seemed like they were starting to run over the top of Sydney. So going into the last quarter in the grand final, it was the Bulldogs up by eight points. Interestingly, Sydney hadn't actually been able to overcome a three-quarter time deficit all year. More routinely, they'd been jumping teams early and the game had really been over by this time. The stage was now set for an epic last quarter to decide the 2016 Premier. It was the Bulldogs that seemed to start stronger in the fourth, but they were unable to put the score on the board, so the margin still remained at just eight points. Tom Boyd had started to come into the game even more in the second half, taking many contested marks just when the Bulldogs needed him to stand up. They really didn't have many tools, so it was really important that Boyd was able to fill this role. He was even taking turns in the ruck. Going back the other way, Sydney finally found a little bit of space and set up Franklin inside 50 for the first time all day. He was about 45 out, close to the boundary. And of course, he wheeled around on the left. Thankfully, this time he sent it straight through the middle and reduced the margin to just one point. Now with just eight minutes left on the clock, the tension was starting to grow and the dogs were up by just two points. The Bulldogs, having pushed so hard early in the last quarter and having so little to show for it, really needed to find a way to get some score on the board. Sydney looked to be getting it outside their 50 with relative ease before the exit out of defence became a whole lot harder when a smother gave Bulldogs a chance to push the ball forward. They scrapped and scrapped to get it deep into the forward line. Each time their Sydney opponent tried to get it out, they were mauled down to the ground. Eventually, the ball squirted out to Jack McRae. He coolly centred the ball, and although a Bulldogs player didn't mark it, it was on the ground where the Bulldogs love it. Liam Picken quickly gathered, and wasting no time, put through a beautiful drop punt, and the crowd erupted. Bulldogs were looking the goods. Not long later, Sydney ran into trouble again, trying to get the ball out of defence. This time, Franklin received the ball in the centre square, Little did he know that he was going to be under intense pressure from Dale Morris, who tackled him from behind. The ball spilt loose, and who was there but to collect it but Tom Boyd. He didn't have much time, so he got the ball on the boot as quick as he could, and from inside the centre square, he launched a massive bomb. The ball pitched about half a metre from the goal, and thankfully for the Bulldogs, it took a strange bounce, but it was a beautiful bounce of Bulldog supporters. It was a goal. And now the Bulldogs' lead was 15 points, with only a few minutes to go. The Bulldogs had done it. They were the 2016 Premiers. The 62-year Premiership drought was over. And the Bulldogs had their second Premiership Cup. Let's now recap the 3-2-1 of my most influential players from the 2016 Grand Final. The Nom Smith medal was given to Jason Johannesson for his running game off halfback. 
But to me, there are more worthy players of the Norm Smith medal than Jason Johannesson. So what about my most influential players? Three votes goes to Tom Boyd. As I said throughout, he was really standing up just when the Bulldogs needed him. Not only that, he kicked what would prove to be one of the winning goals. So without Tom Boyd, I don't think the Western Bulldogs would have been able to win this game. So he paid his value many times over. Two votes to Liam Picken. He scrapped for everything he could in that forward line. His hardness around the ball was fantastic as well, which is what Liam Picken is known for. The one vote goes to Jack McRae. In a game where it was difficult to find space, he was able to do it more often than a lot of players. And his kicking efficiency did stand up as well, which was great. The Bulldogs almost seemed to have like an invisible force on their side through the finals. Just that momentum. And it seemed like it was almost destined that they were going to win this. Of course, Sydney were the favourites going to the grand final. But for some reason, it just seemed like the Bulldogs were going to be able to find a way to win this game. Obviously, throughout their history, they haven't had a lot of success. And it just seemed like they were riding the goodwill of the football public. So this was the first time since the new final system was introduced in 2000 where a team was able to win the grand final from outside the top four. It is a massive advantage finishing top four, obviously. You get the second chance if you lose in the first week of the finals. And obviously the better teams are finishing in the top four. So to get through to the grand final from outside the top four, you've got to win at least three really difficult games. The first elimination final, yeah, your opponent might not be that great, but after that, you'll be playing all top four teams. So you've got to beat three top four teams to win the grand final, two just to get there. So it was an amazing effort by the Bulldogs just to get to the grand final. And as I said in the trivia, there's actually only one other team that's actually managed to get through to the grand final from outside the top four, which was GWS in 2019. That freezing sound can only mean one thing, frozen in time. Remember, this is the moment that if you're going to show someone a clip from this game in 50 years' time, this would be the one. This is the one that really mattered. So it was a little bit of a toss-up for me, this one, because there are quite a few great moments in that last quarter. But I couldn't go past Tom Boyd's goal. It all started with a great tackle from Dale Morris, who jarred the ball loose. So the ball was bubbling around the center square and Tom Boyd quickly gathered and he really didn't have a lot of time so he got the ball in his boot as quickly as he could. Thankfully for the Bulldogs, Tom Boyd's a huge kick and the ball almost carried all the way, landing about half a meter out. The ball had some pretty funky spin on it though. It could have gone anywhere. But going off at about a 45 degree angle, it carried the goal line and the Bulldogs crowd erupted. They probably knew then that the Premiership Cup was theirs. What are your memories of the 2016 Grand Final? Obviously, we all remember it as a great game, but what would be your frozen in time moment? Is it Tom Boyd's goal? Perhaps Liam Picken in the play earlier? Let me know on the Facebook page or email me at footytime210 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Footy Time. So be sure to tune back in for our next Grand Final, which is Richmond versus Adelaide course the 2017 grand final.